0: Welcome, everybody. We're delighted to have you back. Uh, today, we are going to talk about what I really think of as the Clark Kent of the nutritional world. <laughs> that's, that's fiber. Now, don't go to sleep. Fiber, I know it's a boring word. When you mention the word fiber to a lecture audience, you can see half of them starting to doze off. But fiber is big stuff. And the reason I call it Clark Kent is hiding in that fiber is a superman. Fiber can reduce your cholesterol level. It can help prevent cancer, and obviously everybody knows it can keep you regular and all the good things that come from that. Uh, It's very, very powerful uh, as a nutrient, but it has effectively no calories, so it's good for weight loss too. So we're going to talk about all that today, Um, but if you thought that this was going to be a commercial for a fiber supplement, no, it's a natural part of a plant-based diet. And we're going to show you some ways to increase your fiber intake in a delicious way. So let's get started. Here's weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll.
1: This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Thank you so very much, Dr. Barnard. Today's episode, as he said, all about fiber. Matter of fact, we're calling it everything you need to know about fiber. I'm the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll at Chuck Carroll WLC. Good for Twitter and Instagram at PCRM and at Physicians Committee. That's where you're going to find a ton of nutritional knowledge and inspiration. Both of those accounts good for, shockingly, the Physicians Committee. But let's not talk social media let's talk fiber critical component to the diet so because this guy understands science way better than i do uh you went to medical school to understand it way better true. we welcome back to the uh the show my partner in crime dr stephen Niebuhr. welcome back thank you sir good to be back I, I appreciate you taking time from the BMC upstairs. Absolutely. making For the, you. Making the trek down two That's floors, right. man. Look at you. That's right. Going out of your way. Fiber, man. How much about uh, fiber did you learn in med school? Yeah, some here and there. Here and there? Not a whole <laughs> yeah. lot? Yeah, yeah. All right. But y- you are aware, of course, that there are two types of fiber. I've, I've heard, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, we can talk about yeah, that. Why don't we? Why don't <laughs> okay. we start there? All right. Uh, soluble fiber. i not soluble, about soluble, soluble fiber. Tell me about the differences.
2: Well- so, I mean, think of the word soluble, right? Mm-hmm. They're referring to water in this case. So if you had the sol- if you had the fiber in water, would it dissolve in the water, or would it really stay in its fiber form? Mm. And so that's where the two differences come. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think there's really a way to tell ahead of time unless you look it up. Uh, but if you want to do your own
1: experiment at home, I
2: guess you could put your fiber in water and see what happens and see if it's soluble or not. <laughs> I don't know,
1: right? That's a that's a very good point. Yeah, uh, metamucil, that will be soluble. Uh, is it? Are you, it's is it, you it's sure? got to be. I might. I think it, A lot of the
2: you know it has. should have looked like up metamucil you put it before it, in water, it came in. You
1: stir it up. It it dissolves.
2: Yeah, I think. You may be right. A lot of the laxatives tend to be insoluble. I'm not saying you're wrong. I actually didn't look that up. That's well, a good point. Yeah. Maybe that's something know. I should know. Watch, well, that's going to be on my uh,
1: recertification test. Uh, Is Metamucil soluble or not? I think Lee Crosby, she's a dietitian. You she might right. know. She's going to be on the, the program here in a little bit. So stay yeah. tuned. We'll, it, we'll let you know. Well, the soluble fiber
2: will absorb water better. So right. if you're trying to get stuff moving downstairs, right. um, if you're going to pull more water into your intestines and your colon, it's more water is going to come out. Right, so, right. Um, oftentimes, like we're starting on the subject of bowel movements, but hey, that goes along with fiber. Starting strong. Um, if you're trying to get things moving, um, a lot of times the stool is kind of hard in there, right? Yeah. So you want to add some water to it to soften it up to get it
1: out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all, right uh, all right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, so yeah, but but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It yeah. also kind of acts like a like a scrubber, the the insoluble fiber. Yeah. When it goes through, it kind of cleans things up.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And so your intestines are not just like one sheet of a rubber tube. You know, they actually get smaller and smaller and almost become like hair like um, structures at the finest points of them. Really. And they're, they, they go down almost to like single cell layers because they want to be able to absorb things. Right. Um, and your intestine, the primary purpose of your large intestine, aside from holding things until you have a chance to get rid of them, um, the other purpose is to absorb water, actually, to keep us well hydrated, to make our bodies as efficient as possible. And so being only one cell layer thick at its smallest point allows the water to to transfer more easily into the blood, basically, and to get reabsorbed. So, going back to what you said about um, acting like a scrubber, those cells those smallest cells at the end don't stay there for very long because right. stuff is constantly passing through um, and it, it they do fall off and they say that I think I I think I had heard it was about a third of the volume of the stool is actually cells from your intestines Wow might be slightly off on that but if I remember correctly back to, to medical school in the uh, the colon chapter I think it's about a third of the cells or so but so the reason that you that you want to keep things moving along one is it's waste. You don't want to stay in contact with things that are supposed to go down the toilet right. for very long, right? Um, and then, two is the longer that you are in contact with that, the higher your risk for maybe something going wrong, either um, diverticulosis, which is like an out pouching of the colon, um, or th- there's been kind of mixed studies talking about colon cancer and its relationship to constipation. I don't know that that's 100% clear. But I think that probably the more regularly that you're going to the bathroom and moving your bowels is probably a good thing.
1: So what is it about the fiber that actually makes you go? Is it just because it kind of builds up behind the waist and pushes it out? Or does it kind of stimulate the muscles down there and say, hey, boys, it's time to evacuate? Yeah.
2: Well, as I'm sure you know, there's only so much room down there. Right. Right. So when it starts getting full, it's it's time to get going. Um, but they consider fiber to be kind of a bulking agent. So some fiber we can digest and absorb actually, and break down, and other fiber we don't actually break down. It kind of goes out the same way it came in, right? Which, uh, again, kind of funny subject to it talk is about, weird, right? and I'm sure people are getting images in the in their mind. How's but,
1: your commute going? Yeah,
2: exactly, <laughs> right. Uh, the weather's getting nice, but um, <laughs> yeah, but some fiber actually just works to kind of bulk up the stool and kind of keep things moving along. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, it, it works in some respect by, by holding on to water, like we said before, um, and that water takes up space in there as well and kind of keeps things soft
1: and, and moving. Is one more important than the other, soluble versus insoluble?
2: Well, they tend to come in a mix, so you don't generally eat just one or just the other, right? Depending on what type of fruit or what type of vegetable you're eating or, or beans or lentils or something like that, you're generally going to get a mix of the two of them. So uh, I don't know that I would say one is more important than the other. And, and we don't generally separate them out. So if you're getting them together, um, I don't know that I would, I would say one is more important than the other.
1: And what happens to a person if they're eating a diet that's lacking in fiber because one of the things that I found especially doing this show is mm-hmm. the standard American diet is really surprisingly oh, low yeah. in fiber so what are the adverse yeah. health consequences of this aside from constipation which everybody yeah. knows
2: yeah um, well being very low in fiber well if I can just say one thing as an aside everybody comes in worrying about protein right nobody has protein deficiency with with very few exceptions if you're getting enough calories you're getting enough protein but fiber, on the other hand, it's, it's easy to not get enough. Like if you're eating meat all day long, there's no fiber in meat. Sure, Fiber only comes from plants, right? You right. and I don't have fiber naturally building up in our bodies, no. um, but plants do. And we have bones, plants have fiber. That's what keeps them growing up strong, you know, out of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, If you don't get enough fiber, though, like you're you're asking, you you do tend to be constipated, as you mentioned. You tend to have less frequent bowel movements because the stool is not as bulky or you don't have the mass of stool. So the stool is not the same size. They would tend to be smaller. Um, And when they're smaller, you're not going as frequently because there's not as much to get rid of. Um, The small amounts of fiber have been associated with like we say constipation but also things like hemorrhoids because now you have to strain. it's the
1: hard stool yeah right?
2: it's hard stool so hemorrhoids can come from having to strain to get the stool out yeah there's also been associations with um, diverticulosis which I mentioned before yeah. um, and that is also thought to be due to pressure inside the colon so to use an analogy if you think of the colon kind of like one of those party balloons you know that the clowns blow up and make <laughs> make hats yeah. out of and stuff like that If if once you've blown up that balloon If you put more pressure on certain parts of it, you can cause little outpouching. So little, I don't know, I want to say like indentations, but in the opposite direction, like Mm -hmm. pressing outward from the inside of the balloon. Mm -hmm. And diverticulosis is kind of the same thing. Like you get little areas of the colon where the wall is a little bit weakened, uh, pressing out. And that's not a good thing because you, in the same way where the balloon is now thinner from being... Uh, expanded the wall of the colon is a little bit thinner and it can sometimes break you can get infections in there you can get bleeding in there you can lead to things called diverticulitis which is an infection in that area Um, so just not not a good thing to have obviously no doubt Um, low fiber has also been associated with certain types of cancer and heart disease
1: even type 2 diabetes and that's what i I was just going to ask you about is uh, i know that it is associated with a number of those chronic diseases, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I see here on my notes it, it is diabetes, arthritis, yeah. cancer, and I'm kind of wondering, like, is it that you're getting more fiber that decreases the risk, or is it because you're eating this plant-based diet, which naturally is going to have fiber, yeah. that you're also going to be getting all of these wonderful benefits as well?
2: Yeah, that, that's a really great point, point um, and I think in a lot of the studies they, they've kind of tried to separate out the effect of plants and tried to really isolate it to the fiber, but I think that the plants also really do have their own benefits as well. Right, Fiber is a big part of it, but you also have antioxidants in plants, you have vitamins and minerals. Um, and it's kind of the same argument. I know we've talked in the past about taking a supplement versus actually getting the vitamin in its original form in the fruit or the vegetable. Sure. And the, the, the food form of it is always much better than taking the supplement. No doubt. When, when you can, obviously.
1: So why is it that uh, fiber would lower the, the risk of uh, diabetes? Like, what's the connection there?
2: Well, fiber, I guess we should have talked about this a little bit before, but fiber is actually a form of sugar.
1: Huh. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Maybe
2: mind blown a little bit on that one. A little I notch. don't know. Um, but fiber is a complex carbohydrate. Okay. I don't mean like emotionally complex, but <laughs> but, uh, but that means it's a long string of carbohydrates as opposed to like table sugar, which is a, a short chain. It's a simple carbohydrate. It's absorbed almost instantly. You That's know, when you put, get
1: that quick blood sugar. Yeah, spike, exactly.
2: Right? So if you're drinking juice or you put a lot of sugar in your coffee or something like that, your blood sugar level is going to go up very quickly. With, uh, with complex carbohydrates, it takes a lot longer for the blood sugar to go up.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Very interesting.
2: <laughs> because they need to be broken down. Fiber is, or complex carbohydrates are like a chain. So think of like a, a metal chain on a fence or something like right. that. Um, your body basically has to cut apart the chain to, to transfer it. Uh, through your blood, to go to your liver, to go to the muscles, to use them for energy. Um, And so when it's it's a complex carbohydrate, a longer chain, it takes a little bit longer to break it down, basically.
1: And that's why when I have... Uh, Lee Crosby on here mm-hmm. or Susan Levin, our nutritionists, our dietitians from upstairs, they always say that fiber keeps you fuller longer. Yeah. And it makes sense if it's taking longer for the body to break it down. Yeah.
2: And remember too, it's absorbing water. So when it's in your stomach, you're also getting some more water absorbed with it. Um, it's going to slow the gastric emptying process, which right. is a fancy way of saying it's going to stay in your stomach longer. Right.
1: Uh, here's one that, I, arthritis, this one yeah. kind of caught me by surprise. I I don't, I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm not really seeing where one could impact the other. But yeah. you're the doctor. Yeah, I think
2: I think part of it is um, the anti-inflammatory effect of the food containing the fiber. Right. Um, but then also, you know, fiber does it has been shown to help reduce heart disease as well. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really comes down to inflammation versus anti-inflammatory effects. And I I tell my patients, I may have even said this on the show here before, but if you and I go out to the beach and we don't put any sunscreen on, we're going to come back looking like a tomato. Our skin's going to be burnt to a crisp, right? Our
1: our pasty selves. Uh, Yeah, yeah, right? No, it
2: never never happened, right? But but so humans, we don't have anywhere near the antioxidant concentration that plants do. If you think about plants, they live in the sun. They're out there every day. They're not putting sunscreen on. They need the ultraviolet light from the sun. Um, well, technically the light from the sun, not necessarily the ultraviolet light from right. the sun. But they don't get sunburned. They don't develop cancer anywhere near the extent that, that humans would if we got sunburned. Right. And so the reason for that is that they're able to repair the damage done to their DNA, which is the step that causes cancer. If your DNA is damaged, it's, it's just one of the steps that can lead to cancer. So if you get sunburned over and over and over again, your chances of skin cancer are much higher. But remember, the plants are out in the sun, not getting cancer, right? So they have all these antioxidants. When we eat them, we get those antioxidants in us, going through our blood. They can help repair. They're anti-inflammatory as well.
1: What forms of cancer uh, is a low fiber diet associated with?
2: So it's been associated with uh, breast cancer. Um, the, the, the The evidence, like I said, on colon cancer is kind of mixed. Some studies are showing that it, it increases rates of colon cancer. Other studies are showing maybe not so much. Um, th- those are the main ones that are coming to mind right now. I'd have to look on on some of the other ones
1: as well. Um, another one that kind of caught me by surprise: you eat more fiber. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're just going to breathe better because your lungs are healthier with a high fiber diet. Who knew? Yeah,
2: I mean, again, remember everything. Everything comes together in a package, right? So we're not eating fiber the same way we're just not eating. Or the same way we're not just eating protein. So if somebody says, oh, I eat a lot of protein, I would say, are you eating protein powder or are you eating a food that has protein in it? Yeah. So remember, take in the complete package. Fiber has its own benefits, but the foods that are actually containing the fiber are also typically pretty beneficial for us.
1: Here's the one that I think everybody's going to kind of key in on. Like the chronic disease is yeah. huge, but who doesn't want to have a few extra years in their life? Sure, and yeah. And like life the, in their years. It, it, <laughs> yes, yeah, quality of life, That's quantity right. of life, going together. It's a harmonious, mm-hmm. beautiful thing. Uh, what effect does a high-fiber diet actually have on lifespan? I would think, based off of what we've been discussing, it would actually extend your life.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so if there's no cholesterol in fiber. Right. Right. I mean, fiber is not cholesterol. Uh, there's, there's, for all intents and purposes, zero f- cholesterol in plants. Mm-hmm. There's... Typically, no saturated fats or anything like that, with with very few exceptions. So the fat content is very low. So the things that we know we want to basically minimize or keep out of our diet, you're doing that. The more fiber you eat, the better off you're going to be. Um, and you know, the, I think the original studies on this, or at least some of the original studies, were done on uh, native African populations, actually, way back. Uh, probably the middle of the last century, where uh, Dr. Dennis Burkett actually was studying um, some of the populations there, and he noticed that they the, the the people did not have the same diseases that the the Westerners had. So right. the British. You know, population, the Americans were getting uh, colon cancer, appendicitis, gallbladder disease, obesity, type you know diabetes um, and the the people in Africa that were eating a native diet didn't have those same issues. Hmm. Um, and he was able to tie it into the fiber, he published a book on how on the importance of fiber, so that was kind of one of the original studies on it. Uh, now we know fiber consumption actually will decrease your mortality risk by about ten percent. With an increase in about ten grams of fiber every day,
1: ten grams of fiber—that's not a lot.
2: Uh, yeah, let's yeah, Eat an extra fruit or two every day. Uh, <laughs> you know,
1: have some more beans. Uh, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, the the weight loss component with it is that primarily, to your understanding, because you're it is a complex carbohydrate and you're just staying full longer, so your appetite is you're you're just more satiated. Basically,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We want we want people to eat. I never tell my patients don't eat. You know, I mean you can lose weight by not eating, but it's not sustainable. You right. can't just not eat forever. Right. Um and so if you can eat more with fewer calories, so fiber, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna you're gonna still feel full, but you're gonna lose weight on top of that. And remember too, it it holds water, it absorbs water. Water's gonna take up room in your stomach, it's gonna help with that satiety. You're gonna feel fuller longer. Um, it's gonna have a slower spike in your blood sugar also. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you're not going to have that crazy dip in blood sugar after you consume a really high-fiber meal. Or, sorry, after a high-sugar meal.
1: Yeah, and let's, let's end with this, because mm-hmm. as you and I have discussed on the show ad nauseum, and, and I'm yeah. sure that I have with other guests, is my big problem when I was still 420 pounds yeah. was food addiction. Like yeah. I was so woefully addicted to food. Come to find out through studying here and yeah. speaking with, with the physicians here, yeah. that a lot of it may have had to do with gut bacteria. And yeah. kind of what I'm learning here is that also fiber can alter and and give you that healthier gut flora, which will reduce your food cravings.
2: Yeah, yeah. So there was a really good study, really complicated, and we could talk about just that study for an hour. Um, but the and maybe we can put a link to it somewhere. There's a link sure. on the PCRM website. But they basically found that that foods that were higher in fiber, the the when the bacteria in your colon breaks down the fiber the waste product from the bacteria actually helps reduce your cravings for the the high fat foods wow so in, in essence eating more fiber helps decrease how badly you want to eat foods that are not good for you is a good way to think of it. Interesting. So some people have some hesitancy with going to a plant-based diet because they say, "Well, I really like what I'm eating now. I like either the, you know, the burgers or the hot dogs and stuff like that, or the pizza." Um, but that's why we'd say, give us three weeks, give us a little bit of time, switch to a plant-based diet, see how it works out for you. And just changing the microbiome, meaning the bacteria in your gut can actually change the way that you think about foods. So again, I always say everything's connected. Even your gut and your brain are connected.
1: That's funny. Like I, I, I seriously, I want to go and I want to get my brain scan and I want to, <laughs> I'd like, I want to see how my pleasure centers now react to like my favorite thing in the world, which is a spinach and kale salad with yeah. some quinoa in it. Yeah. Um, some garbanzo beans mm. you know toss Making that up. hungry it, dude it's yeah, pretty good yeah, some yeah. sun-dried tomatoes and you mix that all, and, and i'm telling you man i get such satisfaction yeah. out of that and that's something honestly steve i could dr niebuhr sorry that yeah, no, me no, that's all right it's i cool. i feel like i could eat that every day yeah and be a content man yeah. and so i'm wondering like are the same pleasure centers am i reacting the same way to that as I did when I was still gorging on fast food yeah. and so is it just my gut bacteria has changed but my wiring upstairs yeah. in the dome is still very much the same
2: well your, your wiring has changed a little bit as well because now you're I don't want to say addicted but you're, you're, you're deriving pleasure from something different so if 10 years ago you were eating hot dogs and french fries and cheeseburgers now you don't have that same desire for it you have a desire for something that's actually much better for you hmm. So, you know, our desires and and likes change over time, Um, whether it's food, whether it's a sports team or a significant other or whatever it is. Right, right. um, Over time, you know, the way that you think about things can change. It doesn't have to, but it can.
1: That's fascinating. Yeah.
2: And the same thing is seen with drugs and alcohol, cigarettes, uh, anything that anybody can be addicted to. Yeah. Um, You can be addicted now and in the future you cannot be addicted or you could be just fine today and develop an addiction down the road but our brains are capable of change that's fascinating that's
1: a whole other show right there
2: exactly and so is our gut bacteria it can change within a day or two actually it doesn't
1: happen that quickly yeah yeah, pretty quickly
2: because remember bacteria don't live for very long so when you change what you're feeding them they're going to start dying off or reproducing pretty quickly
1: what is that the half-life is, is that what that's yeah, called life expectancy half life's
2: life usually more like chemicals and radiation and stuff like that But do me a yeah. favor yeah. bring me in your old medical books oh my goodness right, let, me,
1: let me study up so I can try to match wits <laughs> with you the next time are oh on goodness. the
2: show <laughs> alright we'll just turn to a random page and discuss whatever's on there
1: um, <laughs> I think that you know there's probably a lot more that we could talk about with fiber sure. so odds are we'll have fiber part two Ooh, uh, okay. on the podcast but uh, we're, we're going to leave it at that for now um, Lee Crosby registered diet from upstairs at the barnard medical center she's going to come down she's going to get into the nutrition components give you an idea of some of the more high fiber foods you could be eating yeah. uh really really just going to continue a very interesting conversation sure. so uh but with that dr niebuhr thank you as always thank you sir you're a good man you are as well You're continuing to listen to The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. The weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, here with you still on Twitter, at Chuck WLC. Good for Instagram as well. More importantly, though, please follow the Physicians Committee at PCRM and at Physicians Committee on Instagram. Equally important. If you're on Facebook, seek them out, like them there as well. If you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that I love a good success story. There is nothing better than sitting down with somebody else who has had this incredible journey. And I love comparing and contrasting what we have been through together. And I think that a lot of people will, you know, they may be listening to this. Maybe they lost a lot of weight. Maybe they really cleaned up their health. And, like, yeah, I went through that too. That's really cool. But everybody's story is unique. And today we have a real treat, a very unique story with Evan Bass. Evan,
3: welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Chuck. It's it's great to be here. And I, I just want to tell people, I know this is a podcast, so you're not going to be able to see a lot. But if you have not met or seen Chuck in person, I, I just want to describe something to you a little bit. The guy, he looks like, I would say, like a rugged blade. <laughs> okay? I mean, that's kind of what he looks, he looks like. Like like. If he had a Texas accent, he'd be like Matthew McConaughey or something like that. I mean, it's it's and if you've obviously seen the pictures of him from before, it's a big difference. And you know, he's just you talk about the success stories. He's just one of the ones that shows you you have no idea what you may be able to achieve in life, what you may may be able to look like, feel like, and all of that.
1: And that's it for this interview. I don't think we could go from there. Uh, you, no, you, you are very kind. Um, but obviously looking at your before and after photos, looking at you here today, you can actually hold that up for uh, the camera, which is right there. You've had quite the remarkable turnaround yourself. Um, your face is pretty much unrecognizable now compared to, to where you were. Um, it's your heaviest. Where, where were you at?
3: Uh, I was I saw a 2, and 8, and a 5 on the scale when I weighed myself, and I kind of had to lean over to look over my stomach to see the scale at that point. I never weighed myself after that, but I did go to uh, the drive-through several times after, so I was definitely between 285 and 300 and still... Ascending,
1: and you're not that much taller than I am.
3: Five seven, yeah. In you know, in between haircuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I,
1: like, I like, that. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna steal that. So yeah, I mean, you, you get it. What was your waist at that point? It had to be fifty plus.
3: So right? it was, uh, well, it was 44, but I would go to the tailor and have the pants adjusted. I actually went twice, and uh, the tailor literally was having a little bit of fun. He would point at my Stomach and kind of laugh and say, you're back. Right. And, you know, I didn't go after that. I actually got the um, the button extender things. Uh, I forget where I got them online or something. They didn't really even
1: work. Man, that's, so it was, that's yeah. a rough moment, though. Yeah. Uh, you walk in, you're back. I mean, that's, I'm sure the tailor thought that that was just a fun little quip. Exactly. But th- I mean, I'm sure that just cut you to the core.
3: There's a lot of moments like that. There's a lot of indignities that you experience. And one of the things I remember was that when I'd walk into restaurants, I would always be seated uh, near the bathroom or near the kitchen. because And somebody told me once who worked in a restaurant, I said, Evan, it's nothing personal. And I'd say, what do you mean? And he'd say, they're trying to do good business. And I said, what? And he said, they don't want morbidly obese people near the front of the restaurant by the window where people can walk by and see unattractive people walking in there. Mm. And I said, I, I mean, I understand the business angle. I, I do. But it was just an interesting sort of, you know, component of that. Wow. And um, there's many other, other examples like that as well. I used to, uh, you know, the eating thing was so out of control when I would get coupons uh-huh. for, you know, pizzas and so forth, two extra, extra large pizzas. Yeah, man. And I'd always have them delivered and meet the delivery guy outside so he couldn't see that there wasn't like a 20-person party going on. There was a one-person party. Yeah. And, um, you know, all of that was sort of part of daily life.
1: Yeah. I remember I would actually order the business special, like for mm-hmm. offices. So it'd be like six pizzas, and like that would do me for two days. Right. Um, and it, I I always hoped that they just assumed that there was a party there. I never thought to turn music on in the background and you know <laughs> hoot and holler and all of that stuff. I, I think though that like the delivery guys like they know what the score is. I, I think mean, so. y- you're trying really hard to fool everybody, but you're trying even harder to fool yourself.
3: It, that's what it is. It, that's completely what it is. And the reality is, you know, obesity, morbid morbid obesity doesn't care. It I it doesn't doesn't care if you're a nice person, if you're funny, if you're a good tipper, if you're, you know, all these things. It will take you out. Mm-hmm. It will take you out way before you should be done yeah. in life. Yeah, And at your funeral, people will say, oh, yeah, Evan, yeah, he's a nice guy, you know. I don't know why you always rooted for the Vikings, man. They never won for him. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, he, you know, he, he made good food at his Super Bowl parties and all that. But, you know, he could never get his weight under control. Yeah. And yeah. now he's gone. Yeah. And now we can't ever call him again and, you know, hang out with him or ask him to watch my dog for me or any of the things that you do in life that you could have kept doing yeah. for people. And you know the great thing is there's ways to turn it around for sure
1: did you ever have any friends express concern to you about your weight
3: absolutely um in fact uh one in particular i want to talk about i'm sure. not i'm not going to use her real name cuz she's fiercely guarded about her privacy <laughs> but um she was a former college volleyball player um and actually she she had her name in their, their record books she was really good she's oh, about wow. 5'10 5'11 <laughs> and i met her in a tennis tennis class And we wound up playing tennis together for a while on a team, doubles together. Mm -hmm. And in doubles, you can play when you're morbidly obese because you don't have to cover a lot of ground. Right. But occasionally, I would take a wild, crazy man run along the baseline after a ball and, you know, get to it or something. I couldn't turn around and run back because you have all that momentum going. You're crashing into the fence. Sure. Okay. Sure. So I do all this and people say, oh, you know, good hustle, you know, nice shot. And she said something to me. I believe was the smartest, no worse than tied for, the smartest thing anybody's ever said to anybody. It was, you're doing all this at 285. Imagine how you'd play if you just lost 10 pounds. Mm. And to me, that was achievable. I I could lose 10 pounds if I really got serious. I do want to play better. I want to be a better tennis player. I want to play better for her. I want to win this match. Look at those people over there. I want to beat them. Yeah. And you know, she didn't say you got to lose one hundred and twenty pounds. Right, right. She said, "What if you lost ten pounds? Imagine how much better you'd play." Right. And that planted a seed in my mind of I got to find a way to do this because she's right. I wonder if I could play better. So, from there, she you know she would buy me all of these um, cooking utensils. She would try to teach me how to make food at home rather than going to fast food and going to all the drive thrus and all that stuff. And and Chuck, I was so pathetic that i made all the excuses in the world about why i wouldn't do it yeah oh it's too late Uh, the commute was too long oh you know the dishwasher's full i even told her the knob this is actually true the knob fell off of the (laughs) oven and i couldn't get it back on oh man okay okay and so at one point this is a real turning point in my life we were on the phone and she was saying you know what'd you have for dinner or something because as she was trying to do a weight loss thing too which was ridiculous because she didn't lead, she did not need to lose any weight but right. just as a, a solidarity thing so we would kind of compare notes and i would say oh yeah well you know just just for tonight just for tonight you know i went to you know fast food drive uh-huh. okay. and there was silence and on the other end of the phone she said you're never gonna lose weight wow and it hung out there and she immediately apologized and she said, I'm, I'm sorry. And I said, no. No, you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, what have I done? I've taken somebody. Who, she was never romantically interested in me or anything like that. I've taken somebody who just really, out of the goodness of her heart, just saw somebody who could maybe enjoy life a little more. Right. And was probably going to not be around much longer. Yeah. And I took all of that generosity and kindness, and I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even use it. And I had made her so frustrated that she had to say something that she didn't even want to say, but she couldn't think of anything else to say at that point.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it just came out. It
3: just came out, exactly. Yeah. And it really hung in my mind, and I just thought, you know, I wasn't like, well, oh, I'm going to show her I'm going to lose weight because I, I couldn't. I was like, I can't believe I did that to such a good person to make her say that. Yeah. And so luckily soon after that, I did see on, uh, on a median strip, the same median strips where you see, like, buying gold and silver and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I saw a sign that said, uh, co-ed fitness boot camp. Hmm. Uh, free free first class. First class for free. And I thought, wow. Well, if the first class is free, what I have to lose, maybe I'll, I'll try it. You know, it could be a good a good structure kind of thing. Right. And I thought, if it's co-ed, well, it's probably not, like, super hardcore. Boy, was I wrong was about that. Was this CrossFit? Actually, it was it was not CrossFit. It was um, a uh, a class run by a former Army Ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is uh, Captain uh, Tom Kalka, uh, one of the most uh, fantastic people who's ever been born. And he saw me on that first class, and I didn't make it 10 minutes through the 60-minute class. And later that day, he had the kindness to email me and say, I just want to check and see are you having a productive day at work? And I thought, why would he do that? I'm probably never going to go there again but he reached out to me. Right. He didn't see me as a total and utter loss. And the other really profound thing that happened was that no one in the class, not one person there, and they're all strangers, no one rolled their eyes at me and was like, "Oh god, it's pathetic. You know, look at this guy. He can't even do a can't do a sit up, can't run 20 yards across the parking lot." Yeah. Push up. Forget take it. him all day. Yeah. No one no one made me feel anything other than, "Hey, you know, good for you. Keep coming back." They probably didn't think too much about it at all. That's cool. And so I kept coming back, and there were all these people there. There were grandmothers in the class. There were people who had overcome cancer. There were people who had been in serious car accidents. There was, there was a woman, at least, she was at least 67 years old. None of us knew exactly how old she was. They were working so hard. And I just looked and saw all these people are working so hard. There was one woman who had, she had a back issue, and, and she would stay after class and stretch. She scared the heck out of me because she was so intense. <laughs> She was so intense in class. And then when I got to know her, she was a great, great person. Her and her husband, I remained friends with for a long time. And I just thought, all these people are working so hard. And I've just been so destructive and so lazy for so long. You know, I- I've just got to try to catch up to them in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And there was one day in particular and a sweltering hot I think it was in July or August day, we were doing this exercise in class where we would do a, a pyramid set of push ups 5, 10, 15, 10, 5. And then do a lap around the parking lot. Right. Everybody else had finished their push ups, done their lap around the parking lot, and was sipping water, waiting for the next exercise. I was still doing the push ups. So, in order to kind of keep me in sync with the class, the instructor, Tom, he said, Just, just, uh, you're you're doing great. Just run across the parking lot real quick, not around it, and then we'll, you know, get to the next thing. And I was just so enraged at myself because I let myself get to this point. All my fault, completely my fault of being in this condition. And I just slammed my, my hand against the mat and said, no, no. And I jumped up and I bolted around that parking lot. And as I did, those people in that class started clapping and they started cheering and said, look at him go, go, go. Mad respect, man. And it was they had no idea the profound effect they had on my life at that moment because they could see that I was fighting back finally and they were going to they were going to support me to fight back and you know and then from there it just it just went and and I want to say also for people that are struggling i needed to lose over 120 pounds and you know it's really a, the battle is 1 pound 120 times right and there's going to be plateaus there were three different times in my in my weight loss that i totally plateaued and each time i changed something whether it was what i ate the intensity of how I exercised, adding different activities, exercises, and so forth. And it, it kick-started another round of, of weight loss. So there's always a way through. There's always a way through if you want to fight back. If you fight back, obesity cannot win. I love this inspiration.
1: I love, man, you are the right guy to come on this show. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? I, I'm dead serious. Like, I will tell you, and I will tell the old you, like, The fact that you did not want to give up on that day, you got mad, and you used that anger to better yourself, that is phenomenal. That, to me, is a turning point because that is commitment. When you make that sort of commitment, that means that it's going to stick, and that is so important. If you would have just run across the parking lot and come back and be like, you're giving yourself an easy out, but you didn't take it. You did not take it, and that is – Critical. Um, I gotta, I gotta jump to your diet. So you're sure. going through all of this exercise, and you're going to the boot camp. When did you start learning about plant-based dieting and watching more about what you ate?
3: Sure. I was always, I, I, was, I was pretty close. So there's a couple things there. When I was, uh, you know, changing what I ate in in the quest to lose weight, um, since I had so much weight on me, you know, it started to come off pretty fast yeah. from the exercise and so forth. Uh, i would I would take like a uh, a bin of of spinach, dump it out into a bowl, and then um, I was still eating you know processed foods then and so forth, frozen foods, and just dump it on top of that, stir mm-hmm. it around, and make a big thing. Mm-hmm. it was It was a lot less lot fewer calories, so it was helping me in terms of calorie count. It was not helping me in terms of, you know, all the other diagnostics related to sodium-filled processed food. Sure. And I've since, you know, renounced that. <laughs> um, Baby steps, man. Right. Baby steps. Exactly. But I was, in doing all that, though, I was definitely reducing the amount of animal products I was eating. I was finding a lot more vegetables and so forth. I still was under the – I didn't know how to shop well for vegetables and so forth. So I wasn't eating as well as I've, I've learned to do. But absolutely no question the weight loss you know the, the what you eat is is it is more important than how you exercise you can always completely destroy i would i would say it's like um it's like consolidating your serve in tennis if you break the other person's serve that's great now you've got a hold serve otherwise you haven't gotten anything for sure if you you know breaking serve of obesity is exercising hard but then you got a hold serve at home you got yeah. a hold serve in the kitchen yeah otherwise yeah. you give it right back to obesity and then you haven't gained anything absolutely so you know that's that's the thing as well is is finding those those kind of things to eat i would also you know i would eat uh you know pasta and so forth with with vegetables and that kind of thing um basically it was more about portion control though yes uh and that's where you know the processed foods they serve a purpose for portion control that's about all the purpose they serve right it's not the, it's not good stuff in there, but it's the right portion size. Right. So you can get the right portion size with better stuff. You just got exactly. to learn. Yeah. Exactly.
1: I mean, you eat the right stuff, you get way more of it anyway. Absolutely. I mean, if you if you think back to it, you know, so many people will reach for that 100 calorie bag of right. chips ahoy, and there's like five <laughs> teeny tiny cookies in there, and there's only 100 calories. It's not that bad for me. It's like. It's a hundred empty calories that are filled with chemicals, yeah, garbage that you just don't need. Yeah, you know, like the, go get an apple, like, right? Chow down on that. Come on, come
3: yeah. on, man. Exactly.
1: Um, so uh, the the woman that you were playing tennis with is she yeah. the one that you know was like, go check out this plant based diet thing, or was this something you just started to explore on your own? You maybe read it on the internet or something.
3: Right, right. So this was so my my. Main weight loss occurred uh, when I was about 41 years old or so, 41, 42. Yeah. And I was still eating uh, animal products at the time. Yeah. Um, And I think about it, not that I never ate red meat, never ate steak or anything like that. It just uh, basically didn't, very rare occasions, Um, and didn't really eat a whole lot of of chicken and fish, you know, some, small portions, I guess. Um, So just by reducing calories, exercising hard, and portion control, I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I did not know all of the other benefits I could fi- I could have yeah. by going totally plant-based. Sure. So actually, just in the last year, so I just want to back up for a sec. So in the course of losing weight and, and attending this fitness boot camp, um, I started to run road races, five mm-hmm. Ks and so forth, uh, eventually up to and through several marathons. And I, I did pretty well um, for my age group and overall. Uh, but a funny thing happened, uh, when I was about 44, 45. I started to get injured a lot. Wow. Hamstrings, ankles, um, uh, calves. Um, and I went to physical therapists and doctors and chiropractors and, and massage therapists over and over and over. They couldn't help me. Um, it didn't really do anything. So for two years, I didn't race at all. Um, over the course of this time, I met uh, a woman who's my significant other, All um, right. my uh, beyond wonderful uh, in every conceivable capacity. I tell people, a way better person than me. When I talk to her about people, they're like, Evan, you're not as good a person as that. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. I hope she doesn't you know, catch on to that at some point. Um, but uh, So, her sister, actually, um, has been plant-based for quite a while. And the funny thing about her sister, she doesn't run but she walks like olympic level fast. It's Ooh. really it, it's, she's great to be around speed but walker. she's a speed walker. And um she's very fit, she's very energetic and uh and she's very knowledgeable. And she shared a lot of her knowledge with uh, Valerie, my significant other. Mm-hmm. And we started making changes, um, substituting things in and learning more about it. And when you learn all the th- all the reasons why the marketing is so pervasive, for the meat and dairy industry, uh, what they're trying to achieve and protect through their marketing, and when you see all of this other research, scientific research, yeah. from PCRM, from all kinds of places, that show you that there's a much better way to live. Absolutely. And you say, really? Well, I never knew that. I just thought that eating animal products was like putting your shoes on. Mm-hmm. You did it every day. What's, what, what else? There's nothing to even think about. You just do it. Sure. That's what they want you to think. Absolutely. But the reality is it's like if somebody said you don't have to just put shoes on and you, you could put on like super jumping flying shoes or something. I mean, you know, so much you're it was just
1: PF flyers back in the day. Right. Right, yeah. right.
3: You know, something that really you can you can, you know, jump over houses with these. Sure. Things. You'd be like, wow, give me a pair of those. Yeah. So that's like what the plant based you know regimen is about. Yeah. You start doing that and you're like, wait a minute, I'm 48 now and I still feel this good. So, you know, the weekend before last, I, I just won a 5K race. Good not man. Not just my age group, but the whole race. It was a small race, but it was a hot day. There was no water stop, and um, there was nobody there who finished ahead of me. The person in second place was 22 years old. Get it done, Evan. So, you know, it's just, it, it's one of those things where you see it and you're like, now, again— I'm 57. I have no physical advantages over any other runner. I would love to be in a 6 foot 1 person running body for a race. That would be great. Yeah. But so for me to do it, you know, it's got to be about how I'm taking care of myself, I guess. Yeah. Well, you're
1: doing a phenomenal job. I I completely commiserate with you having the short legs and running <laughs> like everybody else is taking these nice long strides and I feel like I'm Fred uh, Fred Flintstone trying to get that <laughs> car <laughs> rolling <laughs> exactly, yeah. you know. Um, difficult thing. Uh, real quick, when you were at your heaviest and even when you, you came down and you were still eating
3: those animal products, mm-hmm. did you
1: have anything like hypertension, prediabetes, anything like that?
3: Um, I was never specifically tested for that. I, I Frankly, I avoided going to the doctor. <laughs> I believe it. Okay. So because I knew what they were going to say. And the thing is also that I knew I really wasn't going to get anything truly useful out of it. Sure. And in fact, at one point, I did say to a doctor, "Can you give me a list of what to buy, when, t- how to make it, what to eat? You know, a chart essentially." Mm-hmm. And I know that's kind of pathetic to ask for. I should be able to figure that out by myself. But I thought, well, it's if you're if you're a doctor, wouldn't you have this? Wouldn't you want your your patients to kind of, you know, have this this really clear, crystal clear, right? You know, way to way to go about this. And they just, you know, they gave me a. Like, one of those sheets that's obviously been copied, like, 80 times since 1951 or something, you know? <laughs> it's, like, all blurry and bleary 19th, and all that. Clearly up to date. Right, right. And they were like, here, here you go. Bye. You know, see the front desk. Mm. And there was there was no interest. There was no information. There was no, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to crush this thing mm. that's going to crush you if right. you don't. Right. So, the the doctor thing, I didn't really interact that much with. But, I mean, I knew... You know, from seeing people's faces in the obituary pages that look just like mine. Yeah. That my time was coming. That's and, a tough pill. And no one would be surprised. That's a tough
1: pill. I don't... I remember being at the doctor and, I mean, not surprising that she said this, but, I mean, she was like, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I said something I cannot repeat right now. Right. I mean, I right. was so furious. And, and I was like you. I mean, I just went right back to that drive through for right. quite some time after that. I, What does she know? And, like... Right. Not mad at her. I'm mad at myself.
3: I mean, I remember, you know, I'd be sitting next to somebody on a couch, a friend, be watching a game, and he'd turn to me, and he'd say, Evan, shut up. And I'd say, what? He'd say, shut up. And I'd say, well, I wasn't talking. And he'd say, just the sound of your breathing is so loud. Wow. I can't hear the TV. Wow. And I didn't realize it. All the things that you don't realize when you're morbidly obese, sure. you have to rock yourself three or four times to get out of a chair. Yeah. I used to wait till everybody left the room. Before yeah. I got out of a chair because it yeah. was so embarrassing.
1: Yeah. Did you uh, take a flight? Did you do that walk of shame?
3: <sighs> yeah. That's I d- tough. I didn't even it? go to ball games because yeah. the seats at ball games were so narrow for were, me.
1: Uh, d- w- were you like me? You hated to go through turnstiles because you were like, I'm not sure if I can make it. Yeah. Am I going to get stuck here? Because that would be the worst thing in the entire world.
3: Absolutely. And I, I just want to stress also, you know, and I know that you, you know this as well. I mean, this was all my fault. Of course. You know, this was, I. I it, it, there were a lot of things in life and, and people have been through far worse things I totally grant that And this is all my fault You know it's just, it's just a point of saying It doesn't have to be that way So if anybody's listening Who's experiencing any of these things Who can relate to it It doesn't have to be that way It's so th- important th- there, there are ways out And there are so many ways to do it On any budget In any area of the country um, There's ways to do it We know how to kill obesity We know how to kill it and if we fight back obesity cannot win i just i and we have to fight back Absolutely. you got to be you got to be ready to fight
1: uh, well i mean that's kind of the purpose of this podcast is we talk about some of the negative things cuz i always like to put all the cards on the table because i think that if somebody is listening who is currently there like they're like, man, you know, I'm going through that right now. And here's Evan. Here's Chuck. And, Absolutely. you know, they they were able to change their life and they changed their diet. And I want to do that, too. Right. You know, so let's let's end on a positive note because you totally hit the nail on the head. We know we have the formula to cure it. We do, And it's a matter of pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, knowing that you're worth it, right. first of all, and just doing it. You're not Superman. I'm not Superman. We're just guys.
3: Exactly. I work 40 hours a week, commute, all that, do laundry, all the stuff that everybody has to do. You you know, you you can find a way to do it. And I got to say also, you know, you feel so much better just after losing some of the weight as well. I liken it to, uh, for those of you out there, you know, maybe in your 40s or so have seen all the Rocky movies, right? (laughs) So Rocky Four, okay, the Drago one. Okay. The big fight. He's, you know, Drago's invincible. Drago is like was like obesity was to me. This invincible opponent who just crushes everybody, kills everybody, and I'm just this guy in there, this short guy, you know, who's going to get crushed. And, you know, in the early rounds, it's going pretty bad for Rocky. He's getting knocked around and all that. That's what obesity did to me, you know, because it was hard. It was really hard in those boot camps mm-hmm. and, and eating different. But then remember the point where Rocky kind of pops him and cuts him? And yep. the announcer's like, he's he's cut. He's cut. Drago is cut. And it's like, you know, you, you hit back against obesity and you see obesity you have to see its own little trickle coming down its, its face. And then you get that momentum and you feel like you are a different organism altogether than what obesity started off standing over and saying, you'll never win. You will die. Yep. OK, well, now we're in it. You coming from my head, you're going down. That's right.
1: Twelve round fight, man. We're only at round four. Only
3: ex- exactly, and there's 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 lots to fight in you if you're willing to fight back. Absolutely. And you know, it, 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 on the on the plant based uh, point again, I just want to hammer home, you know, there are so many ways to do it, and I would just tell people if you go about it smartly with the right information, um, PCRM has, uh, I believe it's free,
1: hmm?
3: the twenty one day kickstart online.
1: And, and you actually did that yourself out at Green Fair.
3: Exactly. So Green Fair is a fully organic, one of only six totally certified organic restaurants in the whole country. Think about how many restaurants there are in the country. This is only one of six of them. Yeah. Totally plant-based. Um, and they take the PCRM 21-Day Kickstart, and they make all the food for you. They give you four educational classes that show you why it all works. They take you on a shopping trip to a grocery store. Love it. And, and show you what, what to shop for and you're in there with a bunch of other people, um, it is utterly fantastic. That's
1: uh, Reston, Virginia, right outside of the uh, Washington, D.C. area, if you're mm-hmm. not familiar. Yep. But as you said, the uh, 21-Day Kickstart Program, definitely available for you anytime, anywhere, at pcrm.org. Just look for the 21-Day. It is so
3: worth. It is so worth looking into and checking out and giving it a shot and saying, you know what, this is the ammunition I need to blast back at obesity which has had its foot on my throat for way too long and keeping me from enjoying my life. Rocky Bass, I tell fighting you what, back. That's it.
1: I love it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, look, we could talk for hours, but thank you so much for coming in. You you really are an inspiration, and you've inspired me today. <laughs> and And hopefully somebody listening is inspired now themselves and they use these resources and they use this motivation or maybe it's just somebody that's listening is like hey i've got a family member i've got a friend that could really you know use a little pick me up absolutely pass it along that's what the show is all about and you are a big part of that today my friend
3: uh, it's been an honor chuck you are truly the weight loss champion and and beyond that you know you are a champion for people who are underdogs trying to fight back uh, you know, trying to find a way forward. There is a way forward, and you're helping people find that. It's been an honor to talk, talk to you.
1: You're a good man. We're going to put your before and after photos up on PCRM.org slash podcast. Go check them out, uh, and you will be astounded, I guarantee. Again, thank you, my friend. Congratulations on all your success.
3: Thanks. Same to you.
1: The Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee rolls on. Thank you to Evan Bass. What an inspirational story he has. I mean, just remarkable. I'm sitting across the table now from registered dietitian Lee Crosby up at the Barnard Medical Center. And Lee, this guy went from, he says 285, but he said he kept going after that and just stopped looking at the scale and then loses all this weight, starts running, you know, did it. Wow. 10k 5k he's got you know he's beating people Jeez. out that are like 20 years younger than him now yeah like, i've never done this? a
4: 10k should I, I be saying that on yeah, air well, it's all right
1: <laughs> it's quite all right um but uh, you know just success stories uh, are are remarkable but the one thing we didn't really talk about in that interview mm-hmm. fiber
4: let's talk about it
1: why don't we so we had uh, dr <laughs> niebuhr on your colleague a little bit earlier and he kind of got scientific about it but i i wanted to hear uh, not from the doctorate approach. I wanted to hear uh, about fiber from a dietitian's approach because I think—and no offense to Doctor Niebuhr, mm-hmm. you probably deal a little bit more with fiber than a physician would.
4: I do spend more of my day talking about fiber than I imagine he does. Mm-hmm. Although I, I can't verify that, but I'm—I I'm, think that's a pretty safe bet.
1: All right. So this—this uh, this show is everything you ever wanted to know about fiber, and I'm going to call this particular segment fiber. 101 love it you're ready to go to school
4: oh born ready
1: all right <laughs> let's let's uh, start at the top here so the average american diet and i think that you and i have talked about this in the show is is really kind of lacking in fiber so yeah. what, how much is the average person taking in
4: i mean we're talking 10 to 15 grams Uh-oh. per day it's not it's not a lot and it's certainly not enough to promote health
1: uh how short is that of the rda
4: so the RDA, that is about 25 grams a day for women and 38 for men. But actually here at Burner Medical Center, we recommend 40 grams a day for everybody. And truly, if you're eating a whole food vegan diet, you're going to get more than that every day regardless.
1: No doubt. Uh, because why?
4: Because plant foods have fiber. That's right. <laughs> what
1: a revelation. Yep. Um, so you obviously see a lot of patients upstairs. Um, and by the way... If- you, you are available for a consultation i
4: am indeed if you're in the dc metro area come on by
1: that's right uh the link to uh, the barnard medical center is up on org, or i believe it's barnard medical com, and that'll take you right. barnard to dot org. we'll go with that i i guarantee <laughs> the, google the, will the dot com <laughs> also works does it yeah nice. uh, i'm i'm virtually anyway just get there google it um <laughs> But bottom line is, you are available for consultation. Correct. And and you are a smart, smart cookie. I'm curious, like, when a a patient comes in, like, do you get an opportunity? Is this one of the first things that you talk to them about is, is fiber intake? Or, you know, how does this even come up in the conversation?
4: So it typically comes up because the kind of eating pattern that we recommend is so rich in fiber. Oftentimes, I don't need to talk about it separately. It comes up in a couple situations. First, if someone has, okay, It's going to be one of those. It's going to be a bathroom segment. Mm. If they are constipated, then we are going to talk about fiber very specifically and make sure that they're getting lots of fiber rich foods and drinking enough fluid with those foods so that they get nice and regular. And that that's all comfortable. (laughs) All right. Yep. Moving on. The other time we talk about fiber is if they have high cholesterol and they're trying to bring that down. Because foods that are high in soluble fiber actually help bring cholesterol down. So those are the two times we really talk specifically about fiber. And then when people come in with questions about it, which some people do.
1: Do you ever get the follow-up question is like, so they've obviously then adopted the, the plant-based diet. Um, and that comes naturally with more fiber. <laughs> Absolutely. Are, you, you get that follow-up question. Do you know where I, I'm going? It's like, I'm spending a lot of time.
4: Uh, occasionally, occasionally I do. I, again, I've definitely had someone who was who was shocked that they were going every day. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Once they'd gotten on a on a plant based diet, and I was thinking, well, good for you, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there <laughs> is, are. Is that what
1: you said? <laughs> well, good for you. No,
4: I pretty much did. I don't know, maybe that wasn't the most PC way, but you know, two thumbs up.
1: <laughs> okay. Atta boy. How's
4: that going for you? <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. So yes, that's the time we talk about it. Um, But, again, once you just get people eating food on this power plate, the fiber follows, which is why it's so great. And there are some people, on the other hand, that do want – you know, they want numbers. They want to count. They want to track it. And we can do that, too. But Mm -hmm. oftentimes it doesn't even – it doesn't even necessarily get to that point.
1: Here's uh, a point. You know, we already said that there wasn't fiber really in meat. But if a cow eats – you know this is plants from the ground they right. absorb those vitamins they then get passed on to us fiber not necessarily one of them uh well definitely yeah, is one gonna of them because there's something wrong with yeah, that cow yeah right <laughs> um so th- there's there's none in dairy whatsoever. Like this is this is exclusive to plant-based foods.
4: Correct because by definition dietary fiber is not absorbed so it's not absorbed by the cows either. So they can't put it in their milk. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is this is a, an exclusively a plant-based product. Fiber.
1: See, that's a, See, mm-hmm. if you were ever uh. wondering why you can get <laughs> calcium and things from a cow but you can't get the fiber Correct. You now go. you know. See, that's you are, see. Right? You, full of
4: knowledge. full of full of fun facts. <laughs> for you, your next party.
1: <laughs> like, not only did you go to school, you went to school twice and had perfect attendance both times. Exactly. That's how much knowledge you have Yeah, for
4: Fiber 101, mm-hmm. you bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think that a lot of people then, if they're unfamiliar with, with the vegan diet... Um, They're looking for ways to get more fiber in their diet. And obviously you can't turn on the TV. You can't even watch a ball game without seeing advertisements for kind of fiber supplements. The Metamucils out there of the world, like how effective are these supplements?
4: So they're just up front. I want to say that nothing compares when it comes to promoting overall health. Nothing compares to a whole food vegan diet. There's Mm -hmm. just nothing out there that can compare. But in terms of relieving constipation. Again, my number one is, hey, let's get you eating plant-based, and that constipation will very likely take care of itself. Um, but for people who aren't doing that, uh, supplements like Metamucil or Benefiber, that kind of thing, some of them can be effective. Metamucil is kind of unique. It's actually made out of psyllium husk. It's all soluble fiber, so there's mm-hmm. none of that insoluble fiber that can help you feel full and help you you know, regulate your weight, but it can actually help people... It has two actions. It actually absorbs water and stays in the in the large intestine. So it can help people. This is going to get a little detailed. It can help. <laughs> how do I put this? So it can help soften your
1: it's a, just poop, technical it. term. We've, we've got you can doctors have, listening. All right.
4: Yeah, yeah, so this is your technical term. It can give you softer poop if you're constipated, and it can actually help firm it up a little bit if you're going too much. So Metamucil does have some beneficial effects but it's an isolated fiber so it's that's all you're getting you're not getting any of the other kinds of fiber that can feed all these good bacteria in your gut and we know for a fact that the more diverse that little zoo in your gut is the healthier you are so you want to make sure you're getting as many different nutrients as possible when it comes to all these plant foods and the best way to do that is not to take isolated fiber supplements you cannot get healthy eating cheeseburgers and taking fiber supplements you can't do it eating these whole plant foods on the other hand really can improve your health. So I tend to go for the whole stuff.
1: Uh, so we we talked about the, the soluble kind there with Metamucil, but what about these bars that are, are supplemented?
4: Oh, geez. So, all right. So that's actually another kind of soluble fiber. It's usually, so things like Fiber One bars, the number one fiber in those, and actually I checked on this, the number one ingredient in, I think this was the oatmeal bar, one of the oatmeal bars for Fiber One, is chicory root extract. And what that actually is in regular well, it's not even, it's inulin. So it's a kind of soluble fiber that actually has some prebiotic action, so it can feed some of the good bacteria Hmm. in your gut. But again, when you isolate it and plug it into this bar, what you're getting is a little bit of something good in isolation along with, and I looked at the ingredient list, your corn syrup and sugar and canola and palm kernel oil versus getting that inulin out of asparagus or bananas or onions or garlic. Again, all of those we know promote health.
1: That that's me. Is just uh, there's so many additives in those bars. It's and- a
4: little scary. That's not even the full list. That was just the you know sort of first round at a glance. I
1: mean, just as an aside, I really wish people would take more time to scrutinize those labels and not necessarily fall for the two or three buzzy marketing words that are on the front of the package. Um, It it will scare the the bejesus out of you.
4: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I I mean,
1: seriously, like, you know, if you flip one of those bars over, like it, the ingredients list can seriously take up almost the entire backside of that bar. Oh
4: yeah. And it's like like four point font. Exactly. (laughs) Get out your reading glasses because, you know, or magnify, glass because you can't read it normally
1: yeah and and pull out your latin dictionary because you're not going to understand half of that stuff so uh that is that is really interesting stuff now here's why i'd love to have you on the most is because the question inevitably always comes down to well if we're not taking supplements and we're trying to get it in our diet right normally what foods have the most fiber
4: you want to hear my number one fiber superstar? Everyone should be eating some every day.
1: Does it come with a song?
4: It actually does have its own song.
1: Ooh, phenomenal. But
4: we'll not be singing it on air. Boo. It's beans. I think we all know that uh-huh. song.
1: Uh huh. Uh
4: huh. <laughs> but beans, they have anywhere between six and eight grams of fiber for half, half a cup cooked. Now, when you think about the fact that the average American is getting 10 to 15 grams of fiber a day, just half a cup of beans has eight grams. Oh, it just breaks my dietitian heart that people are getting so little fiber cuz it does you don't even have to go that far just to get, you know, get to that 25 or that 38 level. Right. But I mean a, an apple has almost 5 grams of fiber. Right. So these are things that they start adding up. It's it's easy to get there as long as you're eating these whole plant foods.
1: Well see now here's the thing and I'm certainly not encouraging anybody to eat a hot dog I, w- I would say definitely go and get the veggie dog but I remember even growing up like hot dogs and baked beans always went together and so if you get vegetarian baked beans oh yeah I mean you know there's there's a good shot oh, yeah. of pepper right mean, there you're,
4: yeah you're that's again and it's funny I look at that 10 to 15 grams and I think gee that's like I eat more fiber than that for breakfast. Yeah, easy. <laughs> it's just as part of my breakfast. Easy. Yeah. So it's it just, you know, go, go get some of those whole plant foods, get healthier, get your fiber, get regular, lower your cholesterol.
1: Those legumes. And, and some, if I understand this correctly, some obviously have a little bit more sure. than others. Yep. Yep. Um, I think seeing that online, matter of fact, we can put this up on pcrm.org slash podcast as we'll put up a nice little graphic that kind of clues you into some of the... the higher content ones you you talked about the the eight gram average, but are what what do you know about which ones in particular will give you the most bang for your fiber buck
4: well again if you're eating if you're eating this whole food vegan diet, you don't really need to worry about getting right. not enough fiber right. but Black beans are way up there, so that's one of them. And I will just say, in general, beans, lentils, and peas, the other reason I like them is not just the amount of fiber they have, which is great. They do, you know, six to eight grams, that's quite a lot just mm-hmm. in this little bitty half cup. But they have both kinds of fiber. Right. They've got the insoluble to you know keep you full, clean things out. They've got the soluble to help lower your cholesterol. So you're getting all the good stuff in one food. And did I mention it also can help manage blood sugar? Not just the day you eat them, but the next day. It, the bean it carries people, over. Yes, the bean people really need to pay me because I cannot say enough good things about beans.
1: I did not realize that it, yeah. it had a good 24-hour effect mm-hmm. there.
4: And part of that's because of the effect that these great fibers in beans have on the microbiome. Interesting. That's what they think anyway. Yep.
1: Interesting. Yeah
4: totally fascinating research on that
1: i know you're like the bean whisperer
4: (laughs) that is my new title love it it's going on my (laughs) it's going on my office plaque
1: lynn we need new business cards
4: (laughs) <laughs> the bean whisperer. <laughs> um I'm so proud. Yeah.
1: Hey uh veggies. veggies. Veggies, veggies, veggies. Also also high in fiber.
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. Again, you you really can't get away from fiber if you're eating off this you know power plate with your fruits and your veggies, your legumes, and your whole mm-hmm. grains. Yeah, it's everywhere. But yeah, absolutely. So if you're looking this chart that's gonna go up
1: on org slash podcast. There you book go. Market.
4: Right? Four grams of fiber in a cup of brussels sprouts sweet potatoes which you wouldn't really think of as having tons of fiber six and a half grams you know in a cup cooked well that's great everyone loves a sweet potato right who doesn't yeah and you're getting fiber in that so there you go and uh, raspberries eight grams in a cup i'm just gonna plug because i love raspberries see,
1: okay now here here's an honest question hmm. is the majority of fiber in an apple found on the skin
4: I mean, give it a good wash and that kind of thing. But the skin is going to have a lot, particularly of that um, insoluble fiber, more mm-hmm. of the roughage. So yeah, leave the skin on. The skin also tends to have a lot of nutrients, too. So most of your plant foods, just go ahead and leave the skin on.
1: And uh, last but not least on the power plate, uh, the uh, the grains. Grains. The grains. Whole grains.
4: They're a fantastic source. I mean, we got, let's say, a cup of quinoa. I know, it's so trendy, but a cup of quinoa, five grams of fiber, and that's cooked cup of oatmeal five grams of fiber that steel cut oats so i mean these are just everyday kinds of foods brown rice is loaded up with fiber too but again you want to eat it whole because by definition when they take say whole wheat and make it into like a white flour they're stripping away the majority of the fiber because they're taking the bran off the outside so
1: if you see like uh, i eat a whole wheat pita like right. that's got all the fiber and it stuff does. Still in it
4: absolutely fantastic. yep it's ground now, up but it's in there
1: and to the oatmeal point um i, I don't use brown sugar or anything in there but i will throw in some raisins and that's more fiber fantastic source yeah. of fiber yeah. absolutely you, you do a little sprinkle of cinnamon with the raisins on the always oatmeal. always a little sprinkle mm. oh please
4: stand uh, back you're it a cinnamon i kind of i am i have to <laughs> are you really to, yeah i kind of have to pace myself on the cinnamon yep
1: easy easy there yep um, It's so good Final final question for you, because sure. I know that this podcast, I mean, as a whole, is just running really long. When you cook a food, I know that you just talked about whole wheat versus something that's been more refined in stripping the fiber out. But through the cooking process, does that eliminate nope. any of the fiber content?
4: Fiber is pretty darn tough stuff. It's not going to go anywhere. Sometimes it'll soften up a little bit, which does make it easier to chew and a little bit more digestible. We're well, not going to digest the fiber, but easier to move along, shall we say. Right on. But it's not going to actually destroy the fiber to any significant degree. Mm. So don't mm. sweat that part, for mm. sure.
1: Well, uh, I'm hungry. So uh, let's let's go download some fiber because these people were nice enough to download the podcast there
4: we go but downloading fiber check it just sounds a little bit you know
1: (laughs) it does i'm just
4: saying i see what you did there
1: yeah you see that (laughs) Uh, anyway lee crosby thank you so very much and again if you would uh like to schedule an appointment with lee learn all about high fiber foods more importantly the ins the outs the nuts and bolts of a uh, whole food plant-based diet and uh, just how all of this stuff kind of works together and just can do Tremendous things for your health she's, the, she's one of the people That you want to go see Lee Crosby, you're awesome Great to be here
0: Well what a great program today I have to say You know, fiber really is such an important thing And if everybody listened To the advice you got today You could go into a drugstore And suddenly you would see Shelf after shelf Empty All those fiber supplements are going to be gone because you're getting it in your vegetables, in your fruits, in your beans, in your whole grains, and that would be something I would love to see. Instead of medicine, let's do it with food. Um, If you like what you're hearing today and you'd like to learn more, why don't you take a Food for Life class? There are, no doubt, instructors near you, and if you go to pcrm.org, you can find a Food for Life class to join. And if you are enjoying the exam room, You'll want to subscribe on iTunes. Give the show a five-star rating so that lots of other people will learn all about it. And thanks for listening.